church. Oh, super excited um, today um, to share this sermon with you. Uh, to Mitch's point, we had Pastor Craig last week, um, and he talked about courage, and I, I loved his sermon. And do you remember what the courage was about? The courage to courage to consider. I thought that was interesting. Um, the courage to consider something that would completely shatter his worldview or our worldview. Um, those of you that know Psalms 8, um, it's not going to be on the screen, but it says, when I consider, right, your heavens, the work of your fingertips, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? So the psalmist, right, had the courage to sit back and consider, hmm, you have all this amazing art made with your fingertips, yet you are mindful of us. So it's almost like, what? God thinks about us? The universe, but God still thinks about us. Just that should at least kind of rock the foundation of your worldview a little bit. Just to consider that. How about when we consider the scriptures? Um, you ever done that? Like really consider the scriptures? Like really just sit with whatever you're reading and just sit with it. Like what did the author mean when he, when he was saying this? How does this relate to me and the people around me in the context of whatever it is you're reading? Let me just sit with this. It should change the way we interact with people, strangers, homeless. It should shake our worldview. When I say shatter the worldview, I mean, am I saying that, you know, all the world systems need to be ripped down and rebooted? Listen, I'm not, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for anarchy, right? But we do need to realize that we play by the rules of a system and in a system that's broken, right? We can agree, we can agree with that, okay? An eye for an eye system. A I'm born here, so I'm better than you system. Or... I'm born from a family of whatever, and you can fill in the blank system. It takes courage to consider WWJD. You guys remember that? Anybody remember? You guys remember that? Who remembers that? That's from the 90s, right? We used to have little, what would Jesus do, right? I remember that. I would consider, like, what would Jesus do in this? And then I would do what Jesus wouldn't do, and I had to take <laughs> and I had to take off my wristband. I'm like, I'm like, man, I got gosh, Jesus wouldn't do this. Gosh, why am I doing this? Um, but it takes courage. Why do we have courage? Why should we have courage? We were just singing it because God is with us, Emmanuel. 
right? Do we believe that? Because if we believe that, we can go wherever and have courage because we know that God is always with us in whatever we do. Today I want to talk about the royal priesthood. What does that even mean? The royal priesthood. What does that mean? Well, royal means excellent or excellence and or and having a status of a king or queen. Like being in a family of a king or a queen. That's royal. That's the excellence of that. Priesthood, meaning being the office of a priest. Priest, a person ordained or appointed to act as a mediator between God and man in administering the sacraments, preaching, blessing, blessings, guiding, etc. To be in the royal priesthood means that we are a chosen people, grafted in, right? We've been grafted into this family, given the same access as the high priest back in the Old Testament. Actually, you know, we're given more access on this side of the resurrection. That This is an amazing reality because the high priests back then, they could only enter into God's presence once a year, right? Once a year on Yom Kippur, right? The Holy of Holies. We on this side of the resurrection, can enter into God's presence when, right now. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that. Let me pray. I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just enter your presence in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We love you, first of all. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for grafting us into your family, for making us kings and priests. Um, Father, let us, uh, let that get down into our bones and our heart, Lord. Let us just reveal that truth to us, Lord. Those that struggle with that truth, that are not quite understanding who we are in you and the privileges we have um, through you, Lord, um, let it manifest itself in us. For, Lord, we look to you to guide us. Our vision is always you. And when it's not, Lord, let us know so we can correct and be corrected. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Love that. Whenever we want, whenever, whenever, I can come into his presence. I can go right to the Father. I think sometimes as, you ever watch these movies um, where it's like the kings, like kids, and they're just like spoiled? You know, let's not be like that. <laughs> I know that I can be. You know, just, you know, spoiled. Like, ah, yeah, my dad, he's the king. My dad, he's LeBron James, whatever. <laughs> you know, cool. You know, and other kids are like, man, you, wow. Your dad's, you know, or your, your mom's a queen? Like, whoa. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know. Yeah, we got marble floors and amazing house and stuff, and I can do whatever I want whenever I want. But yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, really? Uh, must be, must be amazing. <laughs> must be really hard. Um, 
Yeah, but it's amazing that we get access to the Father because of what Jesus did. And we tend to take that for granted. I know I do. And we don't want to take that for granted. And this truth is is drawn from Exodus 19, right? So we're going to go to Exodus 19, verse 1. Exodus 19, verse 1 says this. It should be up on the screen. Maybe it is. If it's not, you can just listen. So in the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God. Pause. I always think it's interesting that, you know, Moses, he went up to God. God is always up. It's not like I'm going down to God. You know, he's always, it's always looking up to God or going up to God. That's where he's found. And Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Basically saying, you saw what I did to the Egyptians when they were chasing you guys. Your, your ancestors chasing you out of the land. You know, a part of the Red Sea, all of that. Don't forget what I did. Right. I, I saved you. I bore you like an eagle will have, you know, little, I don't know what it's called, eaglings or little babies. Eagles, uh, eaglets, little eaglets. Right. <laughs> And if it can't fly, it will, it will save him on his, on his wings. It will carry it up. That's what it will do. This is what Christ, this is what God has done for this people, right? And he's saying, don't forget. So easily we just, we just forget what God has done. He brought us to himself. Verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, if you remember last week, right, Pastor Craig was talking about, Hearing and obeying, hearing and obeying, hearing and obeying. He says this, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. A special treasure to him. That's who we are. We're not a special treasure to other people. But to God, we are a special treasure. That's why the psalmist is... He's thinking, man, when I consider the heavens and, 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 and the moon and the stars and, and planets and galaxies and all this stuff, and I'm yet me, you're mindful of us, you think about us, we're a special, what? It's, it's, it's a lot. It brings me low, right? It should bring us low. A special treasure to me above all people, even above the people on the earth. Special treasure above all people. For all the earth is whose? It is. All the earth is mine. I chose you. You're special to me. Verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. That's kind of cool. A kingdom of priests. And a holy nation. These are the words which, I, which you shall speak to the children of Israel. 
Listen to this. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all the words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. I think the Lord already knew what the people had said. But what was Moses doing? Being, being obedient? Listening to what God said? I'm a, God already knows what's going on. But I'm going to be obedient and bring these words back to God. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So we being a royal priesthood can draw near to God in prayer without an intermediary on this side of the resurrection. Is that what's going on here? I think that's what's going on here because Moses is the intermediary here, right? So he's the buffer between the people and God. you got to go to Moses, and then he's the intermediary, then he speaks to God, God speaks back to Moses, and then he comes back to the people. But now, we can go straight to the Father. Hmm. What does James 4.8 say? Is it on, the, is it on there? If it's not, I'll, re- I'll just read it. James 4.8 says this. Draw near to God, and he will do what? Says to go get an intermediary? I'm doing this from memory. I'm trying to remember. He says, draw near to God, and then he will say, go get a Moses so you can speak to me. Is that what it says? It's not on there. I can't. I might have to go to. What exactly does it say? He says, to draw near to you. He will draw near to you. He will draw near to us. Draw near to God. He will draw near to us. We need to comprehend the gravity of this privilege. Um, I think it's easy when you're born into something that you don't really know. You don't know anybody. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, we get to talk to God whenever we can, so he's always there. I'll talk to him tomorrow, or I'll talk to him whenever. People from the Old Testament are like, you get to go right to God? Are you serious? You get, no, wait, Jesus, this, the word, he's in, he's, what? He's in you? No. And you don't talk to him? You're not... I'll be talking to him all the time. Ask him all types of questions. Just put yourself in their shoes. I mean, can you imagine what they're... Oh my goodness. They're watching. They can go to the Father. Just, Just go to the King whenever you want. It's like just... If I can just go to the President whenever. Right? I'm not, you know, you might feel a certain way about the president, who knows, whatever. But, you know, you get my point. Like, I can just go to the president whenever. Like, I don't have to call. Just, hey, just, I, or I can call, hey, I want to meet. The access you have 
other people have to go back then they had to go through layers and 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 yeah you could talk to god and then they had to you know the intermediary had to you know had to account for their sins then their own sins they sinned too and then they went only once a year and they came back and so you're waiting for a year it's beautiful See, the problem in the church is that believers want to ask their grandma, their aunties, and them, and, and, you know, other strong members of the church to pray and intercede for them when they have the power to go right to the source, or the privilege, rather, to go right to the source, Jesus Christ. Ourselves. We can do that ourselves. But so many times we want to ask, you know, Pastor, I need you to intercede for me. I need you to pray for me. I will always pray for you. Always. But when I ask, hey, are you praying? Well, I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? God, I don't want to hear from me. I'll be sinning, you know. <laughs> but, you know, God, you, you pray for me, man. You pray. Okay. I, I, I will. But guess what? God wants to hear from you. Your father wants to hear from you. Not me. He doesn't want to hear from me, but he wants to hear from you. Let's look back at verse 19. I like, I like this because I find it interesting that God called Moses from a mountain, right? Verse 3, and Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain. Um, it's, like if, it's like that's where you go to get answers, right? Um, now, we know that God is everywhere, and you can speak to him anytime, anywhere. You don't have to go on a mountain. But maybe it's something about the mountain that's special, right? About being on a mountain, on a peak, speaking to God. Um, biblical nostalgia, maybe. Perhaps the quietness and peace of being at the peak, uh, Seeing all that God created. Maybe it brings us low. Maybe that's what it is. So many of you know I went on a trip to Africa, right? Um, I had the privilege to summit Mount Kilimanjaro, the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. Uh, I just knew that I was going to hear from God, right? I was like, when I get to the peak, I just know that I'm going to hear Something from God. I'm going to get some answers. I mean, answers to questions that I didn't even know how to articulate. That I could lay hold of and bring back with me. I knew that God was going to speak to me on this mountain. That I was going to come face to face with the living God. I was, I was sure of it. I was like, this is going to be... I, all I had to do was summon. That's all I had to do. I'm only being slightly facetious now, but I actually really did believe that. Me and my friend were like, man, God has something for us on that peak. And I did come face to face with God. I really did. But it wasn't how I expected it. I came face to face with God in the people. And maybe a lot of you were like, yeah, duh, that's where God is. Like, hello. But I was, I was thinking, maybe it was like the Old Testament, like, I need to go up. 
and I'm looking here, but the people, the guides, right? The guides are the guys that guide you. Why well, they're called guides? Um, but the way they cared for me, I've never been, I've never been cared for like that ever. Um, the way they served, it it blew me away. And I had been praying. I was like, Lord, you know, be with me on this mountain because I don't, I need you. I need you to be with me. I need your presence. His presence was all around me, through the people, through the porters. The porters are the ones that, these guys are amazing. They, they, they carry like 60, 70 pounds on their head. And they hike faster than you. And they got a pack. And they're booking it up the mountain pots and pans. And they go up there and they, they, they cook your food so you have a big feast. And the people that I, I just met along the way, his face, his likeness was in his children. I came face to face with the kingdom of priests on that mountain. It was in a journey and in the relationships that I cultivated in that short period of time that the truth about God and his kingdom was revealed. To be in the royal priesthood is to live in that safe space, right? In the reverence of the Lord. To live as though God is with us, Emmanuel, because he is. I'm going to repeat that. To be in the royal priesthood is to live in that safe space, in reverence of the Lord, fear of the Lord, reverence of him, right? And as though he is with us in our heart because he is with us. To live as though the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that we have. That has been gifted to us. Do we believe that? That we have the same power. That is an amazing privilege. We have to believe that because it's true. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in each and every one of you who believe in Jesus. Listen to what God says in Isaiah 43. should be up on there. Listen to this, verse 1. Isaiah 43, verse 1 says this. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. He's called us, each and every one of you, by your name. You are mine. Verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name. Right, so verse 1. Verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Verse 25 through 27. I, this is God. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake 
and I will not remember your sins. That's amazing. I blot out all your sins, and I'm not going to remember your sins. But put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. That's amazing right there. I love that. Let us contend contend together. Not, hey, you contend for the faith. Go. Earn your way. No. We're going to contend together. I'm with you. That's God. That's our God. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Listen to this. Your first father sinned. Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They're pillars. He's like, they sin. And your mediators have transgressed against me. Moses, we know his story, right? So this truth was prophesied in Exodus 19. And then Peter reaffirms it, right? So we're going to go to 2 Peter. If you have a Bible, go to 2 Peter. Uh, I'm sorry, 1 Peter. What am I talking about? 1 Peter chapter... Verse. Let me start with verse 2. So, this is in the context of we know who we are now, right? We're royalty. We're kings and priests. So how should a king and priest act? Let's find out. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted the Lord, that the Lord is gracious. Ask yourself, have you tasted and seen that the Lord is gracious, that the Lord is good? Do you believe that? Okay, good. Then we'll step, we'll take another step forward. Coming to him as a living, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, this is Jesus, but chosen by God and precious. That's our Christ. But you also, as living stones, wait, we get to be living stones as well with Christ. It's almost like Christ is the cornerstone and we get to, you know where I'm going with that. All right, so as you also, as living stones, are being built up, put, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word, 
to which they were also appointed. So it don't matter if you believe or not believe. Guess what? You were, I mean, it does matter. But my point is, either way, you were appointed. If you believe, you're appointed. Well, I don't believe. Well, guess what? You were still appointed. He still called you, right? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He appointed us. Mm. I'm thinking of another verse uh, that I just want to go to, John 15. Um, It's not going to be on the screen. I think it's John 15. Um, Yeah, 12. This is my commandment that I... this This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer... Do I call you servants? For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all the things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You have access to him now. You're welcome. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. You hear that? We didn't choose God he chose you and appointed you that what? That you should go and bear fruit. Awesome. Oh, there's more. And that that fruit that you bear should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. I just wanted to mention that verse. Um, Because to God, we are precious, right? He says, to me, you are a special treasure. But a lot of times, us, we're not special to each other, and we treat each other the opposite of that. That's why, I mean, this is not the only place that Jesus says, hey, love your neighbor as yourself, right? This commandment I give to you, I think he says in John 13 too, this commandment I give to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Like, it's important because you all are part of a body. You're a living stone. Like, Jesus is imprinted on us. God doesn't see, he doesn't see your sins anymore. He sees Jesus in us, in each and every one of us. I'm wrapping up here. So, Exodus 19 prophesied, right? Reaffirmed in 1 Peter and then confirmed in Revelations. Listen to this. Revelation 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. 
And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God. He was there. And to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. That's awesome. We're already blessed. He's already calling. We're already blessed. I'm blessed because I'm reading and you're blessed because you're hearing and then vice versa. Pretty amazing. Already blessed. Listen to this. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits, spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. To his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever. Amen. Jesus did the work. All you have to do is just receive what he did. And believe who you are. Know who you are and whose you are. We're his. We're a kingdom of priests. We can go straight to the Father at any time. What an amazing privilege. Unheard of in the Old Testament, like I said. Unheard of in the Old Testament. But through Christ, he has made us a part of his royal family. So we can walk with courage and confidence. Because we have Christ with us, always with us, closer than our skin. Do you believe that? I'll end with a quote from St. Augustine. Um, many of you probably heard this quote before. Um, it goes like this. And tell me if you've heard this before. Love God and do whatever you please. Has anybody ever heard that before? few people? Okay. Yeah. Love God and do as you please. What? That sounds great. Love God and might go get drunk tonight. Is that what that's saying? I can do whatever I please. If I love God, right? How about love God and hmm, objectify women or men? Have myself a good time. Is that what that quote is? Maybe I love God, but I also love the way my flesh feels when I do this or when I take X, Y, or Z. Hmm. I don't think that's what that quote is saying. That's not the whole quote, by the way. People shorten the quote. This is what the whole quote says. He said, love God and do whatever you please. For the soul trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved, which is Christ. So if you love God, it's like those that you're married, right? I'm not going to purposely do something on purpose that I know is going to hurt my wife. 
if I love her, right, I'm not going to purposely like, ah, I can do this because I can do whatever I please. That's not real love. If you are trained in love, you will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved, Christ. So in that context, go live. With that context, yes, love God and do as you please. Right? I'm asking the band to come back up. I just want to leave you with just know who you are. Right? Don't forget who you are, the access that you have. Because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy. You know, it's like water. Jesus is living water, right? But we have access to water here whenever. There's other people in other countries that don't have access to water. They've got to walk 10 miles. We hear about this and we're like, oh, wow, I saw that on TV. That must not be fun, right? They have to work for their water. Here it's like, oh, yeah, I'm thirsty. Eh, I only drink half of it. Throw it out. Right? Don't squander the privilege that each and every one of us have. You are a king. Royal priesthood. Right? Know who you are. Father, Jesus, we're so thankful for you. this. You brought us into your family. You grafted us into your family. Jesus' name.